0: So, here we go again. Yep, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hard one for Casey because this isn't, uh, this is out of your norm. it would be all right. But this is officially, you are going to be the first episode of season two, Polisher's Corner. Uh, I'll uh, I'll let you introduce yourself here in a second. Uh, I, I want to thank you first and foremost for being on and doing this. Um, I personally have looked forward to this wish we could have got you on earlier literally you were at my house (laughs) at my shop like June for the golf outing yep and then we started the podcast in August Yep. so it's like I wish I would have got you on earlier but it was still like something we were just kind of throwing around we hadn't really it's a busy time too with the golf outing trying to get all that going I, I would have made the time had had we decided we were going to do this uh, podcast thing and make it a bigger thing um, and t- actually do it. Because we weren't sure we were going to do it. I wasn't sure we had time. I wasn't sure it was something that was going to make sense. I wasn't sure. We were just uncertain about a lot of things at that point. Right, Like this year was kind of hectic with COVID and all that stuff going on anyways. Yeah. Um, we just weren't sure we were going to do it, and all of a sudden we just decided to pull the trigger, and it was literally right after you were there, and you have become one of my really close personal friends, and I, I kept telling myself, like, I'm just going to have to drive down there, and you kept saying you were going to have to just drive up, because I wanted to get you into one of the early episodes. It didn't work out, but I'm happy to have you as the first episode of season two, so you still got to be a number one of something. That's true. I'll <laughs> take that. So go ahead and you came to
1: me, so I'll take that too. Yeah, we're here
0: in Indiana. It doesn't get much better than that. That's right. But we're here for New Year's. It's actually New Year's Eve. Yep. And uh, very glad to have you all. We get to uh, we get to hang out and spend the night, and uh, leave out early in the morning, so we can make it home for uh, Tammy's, my wife's, Christmas. The kids and uh, the wives are in the pool hanging out, so we're taking advantage of this opportunity. But I'm going to give you give you the floor here for a minute. Let you introduce yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? I'm
1: Casey Hauser. I own Casey's detailing service out of New Salisbury, Indiana. Um, Say I'm tickled to death to have you here. I know it kinda worked out, we were out of town and you had called me a few days before and said where you gonna be New Year's and...
0: Kinda put you on the spot.
1: More or less, yeah. (laughs) But nonetheless, it's worked out and... It all worked out. Tickled
0: to death to have you here in my town, so... That's not, and honestly, we're, we're glad to be here. You've been up at my house um, four times, three times? Probably four. I think it's been four. You've been up to, because you came up and trained the first time. Mm-hmm. And then you came up a second time. Yes. And then, and then after that, we made it a point to come up at least once a year. And then for the golf voting this last year. Yep. So I'm, I'm grateful to finally have made it down here to see your home my part of town and your town here yeah a beautiful place um you're actually in new salisbury correct yep. which is just outside of new cordon which we found out today was the original capital of indiana yep first state capital a ton of history here uh the wife and kids and i went and did some exploring yesterday we went to some of the caverns we went with you guys to go see the lights under louisville Louisville's only 20 minutes away yep. and um now it's this is an awesome, very historic area. It's definitely a cool place to be. You get to see a lot of cool stuff already. Uh, how long have you been polishing? Um,
1: this will be 2021. Will be my fifth year. Fifth
0: year. Fifth year. And you've been solo this entire time, right? Five years. Did you Did you have anybody work with you anywhere along the line? You've just done it all by yourself this whole time. All myself. Wow. Like I've had my wife help me. She helped me at Rantoul last
1: year. She done some chasing, um, maybe a couple hours worth, just to help progress me into other trucks, but other than that, it's been just me.
0: So for those of you that don't know, um, and most of you do, most of you have followed um, my YouTube channel, but a chaser is somebody that... Just comes, comes in at the end, touches up, does hand polishing, blends in the areas, cleans up, does that kind of stuff. And um, most of you know my wife was a chaser when we first started. So for me, seeing your wife doing that this year, I was like, that's an awesome thing. Like, a lot of people don't like working with their significant others. I actually personally love it. Yeah. Like, my wife is my other part and so is yours, Right. I mean, yeah. (laughs) you and your wife counteract each other all the time, it's like you guys are the perfect yin and yang, and now that I've gotten to know you guys, over the, I don't even know, how long have I known you now, probably since you started, five years? I reached out to you in 2016. That's going to be five years this year, and, um,
1: actually I think it was August 2016, I sent you a question on Messenger. Do You remember what the question was? I had a question about product I think and uh, I know you were leaving a show and I kind of staged my question towards I knew you were on the road so then I asked you and I was on pins and needles I think I paced the form like most of the day thinking there's no way Evan Steger is going <laughs> to message me back like he has no idea who I am I'm like This guy's a celebrity. and That's not true. If I'm a celebrity, anybody's a celebrity. I mean, (laughs) there's there's no no way he's going to answer me. And I finally just said, you know what? I need to know this, so I need to hit sand. And here we are. It's progressing to a great friendship. And I'm beyond
0: grateful for that. And I can laugh because I know you well enough now to know that you're just... You're very humble. You're very quiet, very reserved. And it's just... It's a really... It's humbling for myself too to know that you had a lot of those reservations and you didn't want to reach out to me because I do know a lot of polishers out there don't hit that send button because they're afraid I won't. Yeah. I won't say it's anything. Get overbooked back. or I and I, don't, for whatever reason, but I still get that sometimes where like like this trip where I delivered a wheel machine in North Carolina and sometimes I'm just I'm, I was in the hills for two days and I the hotel we stayed at didn't have great coverage like I couldn't really answer my messages back and I had a guy in my inbox just mad he's like I can't believe you can't respond back to people and I'm like listen I'm terribly sorry but I was out of service for two days and I answered his question right then and there and he's like oh that's my bad like I just didn't I just thought maybe you didn't respond to people anymore right. and I'm like no that's not it at all just I still am a person I still have a life <laughs> like yeah. I I still right. have, I had my wife and kids along on this trip like I tried to limit as much of my cell phone usage as possible and try to enjoy some of the time with the wife and kids, but no, I'm, I'm very grateful you did reach out, because it's turned into be a really great relationship we've had with each other, and uh, you, do you remember exactly what the question was, no? I don't remember, I know it was product related, because um, I was
1: I was into polishing, but I didn't really have like the full knowledge. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was kind of bouncing between what, what do I use? What, how can I get myself better? And see, that was August when I asked you the question. April was when I first fully kicked off. Hey, I'm polishing. I need to do this. This is my career now. And I was, you know, you can go to Peterbilt or your truck stops and buy a polish out of yep. there. Easily you can accessible. buy everything off the shelves at Walmart or auto parts stores, but to get to where you need to be, you've got to have quality stuff, and I think that's what i asked you, you know,
0: like, what do I need? How can I make What's that motor? next step? Yeah. I think I very vaguely remember that a little bit now. I mean, like I said, it's been five years, and we've had a million conversations between the two of us. If we tried to swipe back and find what that exact question was, we'd never get back there. It would take... Days to get back. I started my Instagram later,
1: later that year, and that was the first thing that I looked up was metal polishers, and I ran across your stuff. Yeah, and then I started looking into it deeper, and I finally found your number, and then that was, you know, I guess this is who I need to talk to. I've got to (laughs) make this happen. Like, you need to
0: just hit send. So, and I'm glad I did. The toughest part about this industry is we've brought this up in a number of the podcasts is that it is very still artistic so there still are a lot of polishers that don't want to share with each other their techniques, their patterns, their successes because some of these polishers it's taken them 10, 15, 20 years to get the knowledge built up and get themselves to where they've gotten comfortable and they don't want to give that away because they feel like they've spent their time and money earning that position. It's not that I disagree with that. I, I agree that, you know, what's taken me 20 years to figure out and learn and to just give that all away in a 10 or 15 minute video, like, sometimes it was a little hard for me, like some of these things were things that I spent countless hours away from my wife and kids learning this process on my own and then to just give it away in a YouTube video. Some of it was hard And now it's just gotten to a point of where i'm grateful for people like yourself that i've also learned stuff from you in the past two or three years now that we've gotten to where we've gotten i get to learn from you as well sometimes when you're around and being able to just give back to the community and see what comes back out of the community hopefully as this industry evolves now that metal polishing I don't know if you've noticed this but in the last like three years metal polishing become a lot more of a thing so like definitely see a lot more metal polishers popping up mm-hmm. and it's not that it's shrinking the industry there's so many trucks right, out there yeah, i still think the industry is growing right. there's and there's still a lot more room for growth in the industry right um i, I guess i don't know i don't see I don't see the downfall to helping other people. Yeah,
1: because I mean, there's still the guys that want to help that do their own stuff, and they're not looking to be a full-time polisher and yeah make 100%. it their career to
0: polish trucks or you know whatever you get into with it. And a lot of the people that comment on my YouTube videos are just guys that are doing their own stuff. It's not even full-time metal polishers. I mean. I do get a lot of full-time metal polishers, but yeah. honestly, the guys that are regularly commenting are just guys that do their own trucks or stuff for their own company or whatever. It's not. It's not a huge deal. Um, so, you said you started it in August twenty sixteen. I officially started in April twenty sixteen. April twenty sixteen. Yeah. Um, so it was just a part-time gig at that time, right? Correct. You were. What were you doing when you st- when you started? I worked a full time job at
1: uh, was then XPO Logistics. Um, it's been Conway Freight, CCX. I was there twelve years. I was a driver. Um, during twenty sixteen, of course, it was election year, so things were a little bit slower. I was on a different we we bid jobs, so I worked the dog. I didn't drive at the time. Um, Freight levels were a little low, so my hours were affected. Um, I was then needing to get into something to get my pay back to what I was accustomed to. Um, my wife build their lifestyles around their right, <laughs> um My wife had pushed the uh, the need to get a part time job uh, almost wanted me to get a fast food which I did not want to do that I had previous... not see you doing fast food. No I can't do that <laughs> <laughs> I had previous experience with polishing uh, which leads into a, a pretty interesting story with that but uh, I wouldn't mind getting into that because that sounds actually pretty interesting yeah, it's pretty interesting <laughs> um, but it had been like 10 years previous so things had really changed I'll put it that way <laughs> um, Decided that I was gonna do that and within probably three
0: days I had a truck lined up. Wow. So that's pretty wild. Yeah. So from deciding you were gonna do it to literally three days later like, having your first truck here you to you figure are, it out. Yeah, I was like, really? Yeah. That's awesome. This is see now this is the best part for me about doing these podcasts is like I get to learn extra things as well. Like this is something new you and I haven't talked about before. So what is this that you polished ten years?
1: previous so before I would left to become a driver I worked uh, actually we went by today and showed you my first job yeah Uh, we had a fleet of like 50 trucks and I'd done everything since I was a little kid you know wash trucks I painted for him and uh, did maintenance uh, oil changes being the little guy you know, always got stuck under the transmissions, <laughs> you know, we need you to reach out on top of the transmission and take bolts out, or, you know, oh, you're yeah. going to help with coaches and Yeah. Yep. We do everything. the same thing with Parker at Chilas. Yep. Well, <laughs> You've seen that a hundred yeah. times, too. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> um, but back then, um, like Airways and Rouges, I didn't know about those. They were around, but a lot of people didn't use them. So we used the, we had a, uh, air buffers. And we had some grinders, but we used the wool pads The super for paint. buff wool pad? The ones for paint so when you would put your compound on, your 3M compound and hit it, it would <laughs>
0: go everywhere. Sometime yeah. you should have a conversation with Almost Chrome. That's exactly how he started. I'm pretty certain. Don't hold me to that. If Peter's listening to this, I hope he didn't kill me for it. But I'm pretty certain he started with wool pads as well. So it was wool pads and <laughs> rubbing, or, you know, compound. Rubbing comp compound. Rubbing I actually have 3M, um, a little shop up by me that still uses the Super Buffs and 3M Rubbing Compound, the Perfect-It, I think yep. is what it's called. Yep. That's exactly what they still use for polishing tanks, and it drives me crazy, because he burns and cooks the ever-living f out of everything, yep. and when you go to repolish over it, like I may as well sand and start over. Like it looks awesome when he does it, but at the same time, like it makes a nightmare. Next time I got to go do it. That's funny.
1: Yeah. No, not really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you think it looks bad now when you get slung with rouge and you're black, but that yeah. was like a whole, just other, wet.
0: Yeah. Everything was wet and it was sticky and it's See, I I've never, I can honestly say I've never done that. I mean, I've, I tried it a time or two, just because some polishers had told me the awesome results they had gotten with it. And I never got the hang of it. So it never, it was always something I just played around with. I never really like did it on a customer's vehicle, but um, it just always made a hell of a mess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I used to try the, um, the wool pads on rotary when I do like nasty diamond plate and stuff, just cause you could build up like, so mm-hmm. much extra heat. And you just look, and your shirt was covered in, like, the liquid juice and all of the wool fibers. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. You looked like you were just tarred and feathered. More or less. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's too funny. So now, you primarily work on, it's just semis. That is about, I'm going to say 9% of it. And what's the other 10%?
1: Um random things, Um,
0: car wheels to small projects, I mean just small stuff. stuff, I feel like we all get stuck into that at some point in time, like it it is nice, it breaks up the monotony, Mm -hmm. breaks up a lot of the um, stuck in doing the same thing over and over and over again. (laughs) What's probably like to get in it, well, actually, you've done a set of wheels that I refuse to do. <laughs> I should have refused them too. They were. Uh, they it's were it's the roulette style slots. Yep. Um, what brand are they? I don't remember. But it, for those for those of you polishers that are listening, um, it's I think it's a Chrysler style, right?
1: Um, those were actually Ford. They went on a. Like a 70s, 80s Ford Bronco. Okay, so it's a it's a Ford wheel. I believe so. It's the
0: roulette style wheel. I think they it's call all these turbines or
1: turbine wheels. Yeah, the or, turbine wheels. Yeah. yeah, they
0: got all the little slots in them. Yeah. Oh, when you said you were gonna do them, I'm like, I instantly felt terrible for you. And what did you have in that first wheel?
1: Um, 27 <laughs> hours. It was Over a lot of a course of, time. of about a
0: month. I remember you telling me the hours, and I was like, "Yeah, that's about what I expected." Twenty-seven hours in one wheel, because the way
1: the slots are, you can't really get a tool down in there. You can yeah. you can get a buff and blend about three or four inches in, but then what do you do with the rest? Yeah. So a lot of it was by hand. <laughs> so I would work my hands as long as I could, and when they got tired or were bleeding, then it was time to stop. <laughs>
0: or bleed. You wait till tomorrow and. Do it again. Do it all over again. It's like, I often tell people, looking back at it, would you have done those wheels again? Probably so. It was the customer, right? Yeah. Like, it was a good customer yeah. and you, d- you didn't want to let him down? Yeah, see, that's the biggest problem, is I do the same thing. Like, And I always preach to a lot of polishers when they ask me, like, a guy's six months in and he's like, I want to do this fuel tanker. I'm like, don't. Like, just don't. And they're like, why? I'm like, because a hard no is better than a I think I can yes and then not doing it. Like, Most customers will understand if you tell them that you're not at that level or not ready or prepared to be able to do something and could possibly damage their stuff. Right. Th- that situation is a little different, whereas you knew how to do it. It was just going to be time consuming. And I didn't know
1: anything about it I didn't know how to do it, and I've got to. I do have to say I have to shout out Shiny Trucks in Canada because he helped me. On the, I was in the second wheel, and I finally got a hold of him. Well, him and Qualworks. So Qualworks. They kind of tag teamed that one and got me set up with it, and then I got a pretty decent rhythm down after that.
0: Ben Candle does some very unique pieces. Yeah, and he's definitely got his own way of doing it. His and deal with
1: car parts is. Insane. Yeah.
0: Like,
1: if I got a hold of guys want to do car parts, like I'd tell them to ship them to him. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like bypass me, you know. Open. Bypass
0: me. Yeah. And honestly, uh, Yellen Ellison, uh, Shiny Trucks. He and I have we've had multiple conversations too, where we spitball ideas on each other sometimes. And if I got a question, sometimes I'll reach out to him. He'll reach out to me. And actually, just two nights ago, he messaged me and said he polished his first wheel on a truck. He had never done that before. Really? Yeah. So in all the years he's been doing this, he never polished a wheel on the truck. And he's like, I can't believe how quick and easy that was. Wow. I'm like, it, it, that's, I'd say 70 to 75% of how we do things. Yeah. I, mean, I try not to pull him off if I don't yeah. have to. Um, but yeah, him and Ben, Ben Candle, his call works. Yeah. Just two great guys. They both, they're both Doing their part to help better the industry, they they definitely answer questions and definitely help people out. It's it's gratifying and good to see other good good models for the industry.
1: There's a lot of good guys out there that if if you are stumped with something and can't get a hold of somebody to ask a question, that they will step up and.
0: It's definitely gotten better, a
1: lot better. I
0: will say, over the last uh, maybe the last two years, it's gotten a lot better. The polish wars have kind of calmed down. The Polish Wars have really kind of narrowed themselves down to two small groups, and I feel like for the most part, those two groups can go and do their fight, and the rest of us are just going to kind of coexist, and there's still a few stragglers that are kind of bullheaded, but I feel like sooner or later, once they realize the rest of us aren't just out to screw the industry over, I think they'll calm down. I think it'll settle out.
1: Yep. Yeah, they can do what they want. I'm I'm here to provide for my family and keep my customers happy,
0: and that's what I'm focused on. So. Yeah. So then, you started um, while you were working at the logistics company, mm-hmm. and so it was just a part-time gig just to kind of keep your to keep your family moving along. Right. And then, I I very strongly remember having a conversation with you one night, you had just called and said, "Um, Evan, when do you know is the right time to go full-time? You remember that conversation? Oh, yeah. And my exact words were, there isn't ever a good time. There's not. Either you do it or you don't. And there is no, like, you can't just kind of dip your feet in. I feel like the guys that are doing it on the weekends, that's what you're doing, is you're dipping your feet in and testing the water, see what your customer base is like, and either you go full-time or you don't. I know a lot of polishers that just do it on the weekends. I know a lot of guys like Chase that drive truck, they love driving truck, and they just like to do the extra money on the weekends. And then there's the guys like myself and I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like I can put you in the same category as me that you love it for the customers and for the shine. And you either just do it full time or you don't. Yeah. And I um, very, very vaguely remember the night that you called me to and you were like, tonight's the night.
1: <laughs> and I fought that night for a year and a half. Yeah. So in April when I decided to do this, it was in. Evening after work, deal, and practically every weekend for a year and a half. Um, I did not want to do it every weekend. There was a lot of holidays, you know, birthdays, yep. family time, uh, stuff that I missed, and really got in trouble for it. But yeah, I mean, I, in the same sense, I had to get out there and get get something going too. I mean, if you're not willing to do it
0: and push yourself to do it, it's not going to happen for you. So everybody asks me this question, and I feel like I want to ask you this question, only because I know everybody's heard me answer it probably six or seven times in the podcast here and on my YouTube videos and Instagram. Everybody keeps asking me, was the sacrifice worth it? And I feel like I want to ask you that question because you're five years in, and maybe people will... Listen to you better than they've listened to me doing it twenty years in, but do you think all that sacrifice of, you know, skipping some birthdays, skipping some holidays and stuff, put your business in a better position?
1: I would say yes. Um, it definitely uh, definitely helped the home life aspect of it. I mean, even if anybody follows me, they know how hard I push myself, which. I can't let my family down like this. When that day, whenever I decided that it was time, like it was time, like there was no no BS aside, it was go time. Um, and I got I got those you know family to feed and you know bills
0: to pay just like everybody else. And you're a make it work kind of guy. Right. So I mean, I I had no doubt that you were going to make it work. Like yeah. one way or another, you were going to figure it out. Like if times got tough. You're gonna figure it out, right? And your your wife's very strong too. Like she'd have forced you to figure it out, right? <laughs> I'm sure when she listens to this, she'll get a good laugh out of that. She won't probably hit me, but but I mean, it is a good thing to
1: have, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, you can push yourself, but to have the support system behind you, that yeah,
0: hundred percent, make sure that you know they're keeping yeah, keeps you in check, keeping you on track. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'll say it again. I feel like the sacrifices I made in skipping some of my kids' birthdays or scheduling them on times where like I could not have to work, um, skipping my own birthdays, not going on vacation for a number of years. Like, yes, it sucked, and yes, I caught a lot of flack from the wife, but I felt like at the same time, it put our business in a lot better position, which in turn makes our home life now a whole lot better. So it was a few years of sacrifice for Better longevity. So later on, part in 2016, my hours came back.
1: So then I was working 12 hours a day there, and it became a conflict, right? Plus polishing. So polishing would be after work in the evenings till dark, or if it had a building, I could work in until whatever time I stopped to yeah. get sleep to go back to work. Yeah. Plus the weekends, and it, it got pretty bad. Yeah. Like it was. There was finally a conversation in the kitchen one night, and it was, you're either going to go this way or you're going to go that way, but there's no more both. Yeah. Like, it, if this is going to work, that they actually, my wife and son, sat down. They set me for a goal. If you can make it to here in six weeks, we do this. If we don't, you're going to get a, a job. You
0: know, you're going to hang it up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm trying to remember the timeline. So, you're polishing with uh, working at the logistics company, mm-hmm. and then you kind of went full-time, mm-hmm. and then you went back to driving truck for a little while? No,
1: just to, to clarify that, I uh, that would have been towards the end of 2017. Um, I was venturing away from the logistics. I had dipped into owner-operator land. Purchasing your own truck. Yep. Yep. And tried to run a truck and polish
0: and that didn't really pan out the way you... You're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Right. Yeah. And for what it's worth, like I've seen this a hundred times with other polishers as well that have gone down that same route and we don't have to go too far into this but I I do want to dive into it a little bit just because I feel like a lot of people out there are gonna have the same situation because I have seen a lot of polishers get into it and then think, well, maybe this isn't gonna work out as much as I'd like it to. Maybe I should get into trucking for a little bit because I can make good money at it. And then not realizing the overhead that's in it and jumping back into the polishing. And it's like they kinda took away from their polishing for a little bit and maybe another customer or another polisher took a few of those customers and it was harder to get back in. And then they just gave it up altogether and just jumped back into a truck right. and made it work. But yours kinda of went the opposite way. You just it wasn't working and all right. So you had these good customers, you didn't wanna let them down essentially is what it came down to. Right. Is, and I was wanting to
1: build my brand, my business,
0: and carry see how far I could push my name and myself and And that's that's got to be your biggest struggle, is because you are not a look at me, look at me right. kind I, of guy. I guess this is the second time I've been on camera. I've done a TikTok video to <laughs> try to get some exposure, and this is number two. So, oh god. And this is like so far outside of your comfort zone. Like I know this is an uncomfortable thing for you. Like we've had this conversation, but I'm at the same, it, but. but at the same time, like I, I would love more people to get to know who you are because you as a person are one you are a good face for the industry and I don't know I'd, I'd like more people to get to know you because
1: like I didn't get into polishing for the hey look at me aspect of yeah. it or to be the face of the you know everybody looking at But it, it, it's hard not to I mean oh yeah uh, you go to shows and you know everybody's gonna see you there everybody wants to know
0: who who polished that truck and, yeah. and you've had some good ones um, the, the cab over at Louisville mm-hmm. won best of show in his class. Yes, yep. um, what was that truck? The um, 80 um, Kenworth cab over. Well, he was in antique class. Yes, yeah, yeah, that truck was beautiful. Yeah, and I remember you coming over and having me look at the fenders, and you were just so unhappy uh, with yeah. them. I'm like, dude, they look amazing. Like, don't even. Don't even sweat that for a half a second. Like those are, those are beautiful. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: they weren't when he bought them, but I mean, it, it, it took like three or four cuts on them to get them right. But and honestly, that's one thing I haven't touched on with a lot of people, and that's a good one, is sometimes it doesn't come out the first time. Sometimes it takes three or four to get it back right. right. I I thoroughly try to educate a lot of my customers on. A lot of the stuff you are seeing on Facebook and Instagram are a lot of return customers that come to me a couple times a year and have spent the time to get it right. They're not just letting it sit around, getting acidized its whole life and expecting it to be a mere perfect piece in one shot. Yeah. And hearing you say that it took three or four times to get those fenders right makes me feel a lot better because those fenders were nicer than anything I've ever done. It was three or four times <laughs> and then
1: polished again at Louisville in the lot and I was Literally blinded because I could not see anything because it was
0: that. Shiny. I remember walking up and looking at those fenders and going. And the sun was just brutal. I remember yeah. looking at them fenders and going, uh, "Casey's got me beat." <laughs> like these things are glass. I'm like, I'm not sure how. It, I mean, I can see the pattern, but I don't know how. Like you got it that nice, other than doing it three or four times. I'm like, if he did this in one shot, like he's got something up his sleeve that I ain't figured out (laughs) and then you said it was three or four times I'm like oh thank god it makes me feel a little better (laughs) because like if not I was gonna have to take a training course on stainless for Casey like I I hadn't figured it out how to get it that clear yet because those fenders they're just absolutely brutal absolutely brutal
1: that's a, a lot of area to cover to do a full fender oh yeah full fenders are the worst they're
0: definitely the worst it's just so much surface area to cover and get mm-hmm. it just right. Like, I, I don't even like doing stainless headache racks. When I watch all these guys from Canada doing full stainless headache racks, I'm like, you can keep them. Like, I don't even like doing them. When guys bring me full doors, I don't even want to do full doors. Because I know how much work they are, I know how much time it's going to take. and Most, most guys don't want to pay what that's worth. I mean, 20, like that wheel that you did 27 hours in that one wheel, you can't recoup that cost. Like, you can't tell a guy. I don't even want to ask what you charged and I don't even want you to tell anybody what you charged because it's nobody's business other than yours. Right. But 27 hours, like if I had to calculate out, out into what I would have had to have charged for 27 hours, it'd have been $1,400. And like, I can buy a set of forged wheels for that. Yep. You know, like I I can't I can't justify that. That's, yep. a, that's a lot of time yep. and you can't recoup that Oh, just gives me the heebie-jeebies thinking about it. Because I've done some big
1: jobs like that. My hands hurt thinking about it. (laughs) I mean, I made it. It's one of those
0: life lessons that you you learn along the way. Yeah. But it's the customers. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of times where I've done some stupid stuff for some customers that I, I cared about that I just essentially donated time. You know, that's really what it came down to. So what's kind of been like in your five years, what's been the highlight of your career? Like what's the, if you had to put a rubber stamp on one thing that you thought was the best or maybe the couple things that have been the best thing you've gotten to do or gotten to work with or for or any of that, Like, what's the top, maybe couple of things that you would... Put a rubber stamp on.
1: I can't. I can't just pick one.
0: there's, yeah. there's too many. Yeah. Honestly, I, you've gotten to do a lot of really cool stuff, and you've got a lot of really cool customers that you deal with. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm Very fortunate for the ones I, I have. I mean, it, they didn't. They just didn't show up. I mean, I had to go out and track
0: them down. But yeah, you I'm, hustled in that department. I, I will say. Nobody ever believes me. But my first five years was the same exact thing. Like I knew a lot of guys from when I worked at the wash, but at the same time, like I still had to go out and get everybody. Like mm-hmm. I had to convince everybody to do it. Polishing wasn't a big thing back then. Like there was guys polishing, but nothing like it is now. I mean right. now we just we just <laughs> joked about this today and there's guys searching TikTok for polishers. Right. There's guys searching Instagram or Facebook or Googling for polishers, like they're actively searching yep. people out. Yep. that wasn't how it was twenty years ago no. when I started. <laughs> Just
1: wasn't there. Probably not. I mean, the way technology is now, I mean, you, can, I mean, they know they can search literally anything, anything and everything. And yeah.
0: You can Google metal polishing now, and you'll you'll find metal polishers. Right. I mean, it's it's crazy how the industry has evolved already. I'm interested to see where it's headed. I had one guy that blew my mind that he he I forget
1: where he lived. He's pretty close around here, and he was looking for a polisher, and he actually typed in metal polishers in Google, and one of my pictures popped up. Really? And somehow he tracked me down. Whether it's Facebook or Instagram, and got my phone number and,
0: and he was contacted a local me guy. that way. Wow! Uh-huh.
1: I was like, <laughs>
0: I wasn't expecting that one, <laughs> but I was like, it's cool, you know. But... It's a good feeling knowing yeah. that people are finding you. Yeah. You know, like, it's like you finally turn that corner to instead of having to knock on doors, now people are knocking on your door. Right. It's a good feeling when that when it makes that turn. Because I went, in the beginning, I mean, my phone would not <laughs>
1: ring for two weeks straight, and now some days it'll ring Ten all day long. day, yeah. All night. I mean, just it's, it, it's neat to see where, it's, where it
0: was to what it is now, and it's just, it's a neat feeling. You'll never forget that either. And when people say, oh, you forgot where you started, you don't ever forget that. Like, your are humble beginning. And I don't think you're ever going to lose that, no matter how big you get. Um, you'll never forget that. The people that say you forgot where you started, you never forget where you started. You may, you may become a little arrogant, but you still remember where you started. You want to know what I hid? What?
1: I had a five-gallon bucket that had one Harbor Freight variable suite in it. Yeah. It had some broken pieces of rouge in it. Really? I don't know what brand it was. <laughs> and two or three uh, buffs that I had found buried in the garage. Most people, it's a milk crate.
0: Mine, mine's always been those totes, those interlocking totes. That's that's what I've always had. I went to Walmart, and I bought a.
1: Bottle of, I believe, it's White Diamond. Yep. And I carried that around for, jeez, probably six months. I used White
0: Diamond strictly for diamond plate for like three years. I I swore that the only thing it worked on was diamond plate. I now know that it was just a heat thing. (laughs) The excess heat was making it work better. So I... Honestly, in my brain, I thought the only thing white diamond was good for was diamond plate. And I read that model a thousand times because I thought maybe I was just not reading it right, and maybe white diamond was specifically designed just for diamond plate. Now that I've evolved and I'm not a caveman anymore, I now understand that the reason why it was working so much better was the amount of heat it was creating from rubbing across the diamonds. But
1: I'm not, not, not talking. White diamond, cause no, work. it works.
0: Yeah, it's a very fine finish. Used what I had readily available, and that was it. So. Yeah. So you started with a bucket, a variable speed. Well, the bucket was just to house all my. To stuff. hold it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was a variable speed buffer. Yeah. Um, eight inch buffs, I'm guessing. Probably. Eight inch yeah. or ten inch, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> it's good times. I think I think I always started with the interlocking tubs. And actually, I'm going to be putting out a YouTube video soon on my my travel my travel setup because I have had a lot of new polishers lately asking me how I how I polish when I go mobile. And as you know, you're all mobile. And what what do you hose yours in now? Do you use your trailer yeah, now I'm, that you got yeah. your trailer? What'd you do before your trailer? You had mm. them in just Rubbermaid totes. Everything was in the back of my truck. In Rubbermaid totes still yeah. in the truck? Yeah. That's still the way I do it is those interlocking totes in the back of my truck. I mean, you've seen my road loadout. Yep. But now you've got the trailer. Yeah. You just and bought the, this just last year. just got
1: it this year, actually. I've been reluctant to post on it, but, yeah, it's very, very handy to have. Yeah. It changed everything. I mean, there was a lot of times, I mean, even earlier this year, I would go out and try to pack what I thought I needed.
0: There would be always something that I'd uh, leave yeah. at home. Like there was no more room in the truck that I could get everything. And That's the worst part about going mobile for me, and especially going out of state. Yeah. Like going to the shows. I, I, I bought my big trailer, my 26-foot enclosed, because I literally was going to take everything along with me because I was so sick of forgetting stuff at home. Guess what? We still forgot stuff at home. Yeah. That's just how it goes. Really- it's going to happen. I mean, there's no way around it. I prefer to work in my shop every day of the week because we always forget something. Yeah. I can't even tell you how many times I drove to Minnesota and forgot my center plates. We'd get there, all buffs, all of our grinders, and no center plates. It's like, how are we going to work for the next three or four days? And I'd call my sister and ask her to meet me in Wisconsin Dells because that's like halfway. So she'd drive half, I'd drive half, and then we drive back. It was like we drive four hours over, and then drive two hours back <laughs> to meet her, and then another two hours back, it was like, Well, there went a whole eight hour day. Now we get to stay up all night because we're eight hours behind. It gets old. It does. <laughs> but now you store everything right in your trailer. Yeah. So you always just have everything right there. But you just had it in your garage before that, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's what a lot of people Tend to I'm fully mobile to. but I do
1: do a little bit at home like I'll have I've got some guys that are pretty local and they'll bring wheels or tanks or, yeah and I even like, in the beginning I had a lot of stuff show up they would strip trucks just to keep me going before yeah. I could get a good routine set. And, yeah.
0: That's pretty common too though like a lot of people I feel like even if you don't polish at home people are still going to bring stuff and drop stuff off and you're going to end up in that routine of tanks and wheels and stuff like that laying around your house just by being a polisher like you're going to gonna acquire things over the years i need a
1: separate room to do it in but yeah, yeah i mean i do do some at home i'm reluctant to do it there because of just how dirty it gets the and it's right there at home mm-hmm. but i mean it is nice to be able to work from home yeah
0: when needed. Yeah. It, it was nice when I was in my old house and my wheel machine was in the garage to just be able to walk out my door, walk in, start up the wheel machine and just run, and then go back in the house to get something to eat or drink, go to the bathroom, come back out and just keep working at home. At the same time, people drop stuff off all day, all night. Your wife and kids were getting woken up in the middle of the night. Yeah, That stuff got old fast. Yeah. That was always pretty brutal. There was multiple
1: nights that I would go out after I'd put my son to bed and work till 2, 3, four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Lay down a couple of hours, get up and go drive somewhere to do a truck and come back and finish what you had going.
0: Been there, done that. <laughs> it's a good feeling, though, knowing that you now have created something of your own that is providing for your family. Like, I don't know, it's hard to explain until you've done it. It is.
1: Everybody thinks that it's which I mean it is great to be an entrepreneur and work for yourself, but then it doesn't how do you explain it? Like it doesn't run itself when you're not working there's like no off days. Yeah. Like you've constantly That's a very good you're either point. on the phone or you're scheduling or you're you're back and forth doing something. Yeah. Trips, you know, your schedule goes with you, and oh yeah, the 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 phone don't stop because it's Saturday or Sunday and you're not working, or it's you're going out of town with your family, you're yeah. you're out to eat somewhere and the phone rings and yeah, there's you know, no doubt, it's it's a never-ending battle. It's
0: never-ending, but I wouldn't trade it, you know, for anything else yeah. either. I love it too. It it's gotten a little tiresome here lately, just because now that we've created our own our own product line. Some people expect you to like every post they put out and you have to comment on it and they want you to reshare it and it's like I need I need to hire somebody in for the media side now. Yeah. I'm I'm really getting a little burnt out on that part. It's not that I'm not grateful for everybody. I, I definitely am, but it's like it took my fourteen hour days and turned them into eighteen hour days. It's like Oh, I better not miss it. <laughs> I better not miss a post, you know. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely added a whole another layer. But I, I get it.
1: That's a lot. I mean, I get a lot of messages too. I don't get as many as probably what you get. Well, but, I still get quite a bit. I mean, I, I try to limit what I do, or you know, respond and respond back in the evenings because I'm by myself. That truck's down. It's not making the money. Yeah. I need to get it done, you know, in a timely manner. Yeah.
0: I try not to deal with stuff either while I'm working. Um, I try to limit it mornings, lunch, and then all my evenings are filled with answering back. So it's like, I try not to, same same reason. I don't want people that are shutting their trucks down to have to wait on me because I'm messaging people back. Like, I'm sorry, but you can wait. I. I've had a couple people here in the last couple weeks that are like, well, I needed an answer like right now. I'm like, I'm sorry, but right. I don't want it to sound mean, but my customers are here paying me. And it's not that I don't want to give out free information because you know I will, right, but it's like, I can't shut down my business to answer your question because you're struggling with something. Like 20 years ago, I had to just figure it out. And yeah. I, I don't ever want to say that to somebody, but it's like, man, some of these people don't even try anymore. It's like, well, you don't have a video to show me how to do that. I'm like, I always felt guilty
1: for, I mean, <laughs> even, even after I broke the ice and messaged yeah. you about that, like, when I would get stumped with some, I'm like, he's got so much going on, and I was like, <laughs> I cannot keep bothering him, and, you know, but I would that- try, and I would try, and I would try, and I'm like, I just can't get it, I'm like, fine.
0: Yeah, you know, but that's different, like, I know I've said this in past podcasts as well, but, like, there's some people that just hit me up every day for questions because they don't want to take the time to figure it out on their own. Mm-hmm. And then there's guys like you that have tried it and are like, you feel bad for asking me because you know my day is full right. already. Yeah. yeah. I've seen a lot of your days, so I know what they yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> And on top of that, like, you know, I have a family, and you know, you know we, we deal with all that stuff as well. And at the same time, you know, I care about you. Yeah. So like, anytime you've got a question, I can take care of that. I'll. I'll, I will try to as best as I can. But at the same time, I do get it. Mm -hmm. It's. It's rough. There's still times where like I run into a bump and I'm like I don't want to ask anybody because, like I don't want another polisher to hang it over my head that like ha ha he couldn't figure it out. I had to tell him how to do it. I'm like no I'll figure it out. (laughs) So I feel like I've hit that wall too, where like I've got nobody to ask, and I definitely do. I mean. I have a good core group of guys that I know if I ever came to you and asked you a question you're not going to hammer me on Instagram or Facebook oh, about it man, man. and I don't like bothering you either but when you call and ask questions you still like check in like hey how's the family doing like a lot of people just every they'll ask me questions and like they don't care that I have a family or anything else going on at home or how the, if any of the kids are sick or whatever you know like you at least check in and see how everybody's doing it's nice to get a little break. <laughs> your family, You're the northern family, but the northern family, family, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Um, so you don't have a, a specific highlight of your career, but what's like one of your top moments? Like, I know you were excited that year when you when you had done well at Louisville.
1: Yeah, um, that was probably one of the top ones. Um, I don't know. It's so hard to pinpoint. Yeah. I'm grateful for everything that's happened. You know. I mean, it, that that sounds wishy-washy. No.
0: I, I I think it's who you are. I'm just trying to get you to pinpoint what I know, but I can't pinpoint. <laughs> like everything's like.
1: I, I don't know. I mean, there's so many. There's Louisville. There's you know a good outing at Rantoul and. Uh, yeah, you had a really good year that year the the customer base that I have. I mean I I can't you could quite the list. I can't pinpoint just this is it, you know. Yeah. I mean I've luckily somehow managed to go out to Davis <laughs> Brothers and do work there. After yeah. The, uh, I don't I don't know. I can't <laughs> There's a lot of good ones. Yeah. Alright. I'll let I'll let it slide. Our, Only because our friendship, I mean that's a top one, but <laughs> Well, fact, I'm, th- I'm sitting here doing this for you all. I mean, we'll, we'll put that. We'll put that to
0: the test over the next few years. <laughs> I mean, so far so good. I like the only yeah. hope that it's going to get better. But I hope so too. <laughs> honestly, sooner or later, you live in Wisconsin, and I don't know. I mean, you <laughs> didn't. You didn't come down here to see this part of town. So <laughs> it is nice down here. I see why. I see why you like it here. That's its a man, it, just... it is nice, and honestly, this is a lot like where we live in Wisconsin. It's quiet. It's rural um real homely it's not it's not too big city it's it's just nice and comfy i I get yeah. it. Um but what's been the most interesting thing you've gotten to polish like it, it could literally be anything i don't maybe it was that wheel you did um
1: that's one of them um Probably the stainless end caps that I've done this year. Oh, really? Just because of how big they are and what they're like in the beginning. And you
0: actually like... And what they can become. That was the first piece that like... Did you reach out to me and I told you to call Zach? I
1: asked you and then I called Zach and then somewhere around that point, uh, Steve Summers did some and...
0: Um, yeah, we talked pretty hard
1: about that. Yeah, and then
0: finally, it was like, I've done a few. I don't ever care to do anymore. Like you guys seem to enjoy them. Oh, they're fun. I hated them. <laughs> I hated them.
1: <laughs> I mean, Zach's I done was a ton of them. bullets, but I, I mean, they're fun. They're and really, like,
0: you did a really, really good they're, job. They're challenging. I'll put it mean, that way. They look amazing when you're done with yeah. them. Zach, too you, and you, Steve. For what it's worth, like all of you guys do a great job on Like, I'm good they're at them, but it, but they take mean, a long time,
1: they're very, very time consuming. I hate how and time consuming it is. I'm pretty picky on trying to pull every little scratch out of it, so you're spending that much longer, oh, yeah. That much more sandpaper, seamless
0: is brutal. They look killer, <laughs> they do look awesome. So, that's one of the most interesting ones you've done.
1: Probably. That or a truck that had never been polished and being Please. highly pitted and yeah. doing a, a lot of
0: extensive sanding on. And that's still something like working truly solo, Like it's different for you to look at a truck and go, I did all of that versus me looking at it and going, Yes, that's me, <laughs> but it's also Ty and Cabron right. and Alan and I've got a whole lot more moving parts in mine. Right. So it's like, yes, I had a part in it, but mine is part of a whole team operation that makes it happen. Yeah. Yours is literally, you got your cords out, you sanded it, you polished it, you chased it, like I don't have to do those things <laughs> anymore. So it's like, I don't know, it's a different kind of grat- gratification. I think, because it is 100% you, and that is you. That's all there is to it. It's a lot. I mean, to to tack on a full big project like that Solo, I mean, it's... What's the longest project you've worked on so far? Um,
1: I had a truck take me, this was way in the beginning, it took me a week to do. Really? Yeah.
0: So, that's one thing I want to touch on here in a second. What I want to touch on is the time it took you when you started versus the time it's taking you now. So, when you first started, what was the average time it took you to polish a truck? Let's just say six wheels, two tanks, two boxes. No grill, no air cleaners, just six wheels, two tanks, two boxes.
1: Um, easily one day to do that. A full day. A full and what's day. a full day mean? For you, at the time, a full day was sun up to sundown because majority of it was outside. So roughly
0: 12 hours. Roughly, yeah. Wow. I think mine was about the same amount of time when I first started. And what's your time now? Um, if I don't have to sand, I'm looking at four to six maybe. Four to six four to hours. Five, yeah. See. So you- I still tell everybody, like, I can do a full truck by myself, I worked an entire year and a half by myself, because I just got sick of employees, I was sick of dealing with everybody's drama, I just worked by myself for a year and a half, and I literally got my time down to four to six hours by myself, and it really wasn't hard to get that done, I mean, if you stay in your grind, in your focus, and not let other stuff get involved, like talking with drivers, talking with people just looky-looing, get on your phone, any of that stuff, like mm-hmm. four to six hours is doable. Right. And it's a money-making operation. Yeah. Um, but having a chaser and a prepper is so much better on my body Yeah. <laughs> yeah. than it ever was Plus, working like it by myself. Is, but... The money was better working by myself. <laughs> yeah. But having somebody there is better for my body and my mind, because that's, that's probably the hardest part, is grinding by yourself, like, it's just you and your brain for the entire day. Thank goodness for Bluetooth <laughs> yeah. music, otherwise yeah. I don't know if I'd still be here, but... Well, because it keeps you sane. Yeah. I mean, just that sound of that grinder some days will drive you insane. Yep. I mean, it'll drive you crazy. Yep. So what was the thing that... Let me think of how to word this question. What was the thing that kind of took you from, let's just start it off with, what took you from 12 hours to 10 hours? What What was the first thing that like, oh man, that made me work faster. What was the first thing you cut out that was like, well, I was polishing, take me 12 hours to polish, but now since I learned this, it cut me down to 10. What was your first time-saving technique that you did? Better product. Product? Mm-hmm. That was your first move. Was a product change? Yeah. And then, what from from the product change? What was your next step that cut time down?
1: Training. Fully getting better training. Really? Because all of it was on me and what I could pick up myself versus you know watching your videos or other videos or. So when you came up on me the first time, that's what did it? Yep.
0: Really? Wow. You critiqued how I was holding the grinder. And that changed for you? Mm-hmm. See, and I can honestly say for myself as well, changing hand position changed my game completely. Like, it shaved hours off of my time. Like, I, I do remember, and I still remember your wife shared that picture of you and I sitting there looking at that tank in my shop. And I remember having that conversation with you that day was that I thought if you changed your hand position it would free you up and let you see where you were at better. Because your overlap I, I remember your overlap was super, super tight. Like your lines were really, really tight before that. And I remember just telling you to open it up a little bit. And I This is the most fun part for me doing the training, is I get to watch people grow after they go home. And over the course of, when you trained was four years ago? Three years ago. Um, We started talking in August of
1: 16. You had me up um, the summer of 17.
0: So, six, seven months. Three years ago. Yeah. So three years ago, almost four years ago. And over the course of the last three years, like I've watched you evolve as not just a polish but as a person as well. I mean you've opened up quite a bit more to other people as well. I was like extremely reserved
1: like to myself, like really quiet and this (laughs) is you know, I mean it's the business. You've gotta go out and yeah, you can make the truck shiny, but you've gotta talk and mingle with people. Yeah. It's just part of the business. Yeah. I mean, people going to see you and want to talk to you and want to know things and or how you did it. And and I only laugh... What's your
0: deal with it, you know? I only laugh it. because you were so quiet that first year I met you. Yeah. And your wife, I love her to death. Yeah. She is the exact polar opposite. Like, you were here. Yeah. She was here. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God. I remember her just coming in and taking pictures while we were in the shop that day. And she was like... I don't know what you said to her and she's like you got to ask him. You just have to ask him. You like you just weren't going to do it. And she's like, "Listen, if you don't, I will." And I honestly cannot remember for the is. life of me what that question was. She would probably know, but I don't. Because I was going to ask, I was going to ask you about that situation like, "What what could possibly have been that you didn't want to that you wouldn't have wanted to ask me. And I was going to mention something to your wife to see if she remembered what it was, but I completely slipped it today because I was going to bring this conversation up. (laughs) Because I I remember how just you were so reserved and so quiet and like she just was pushing you, pushing you. You just got to ask. This is what you're here for. You got (laughs) to ask. I remember you did ask, but I cannot remember for the life of me what it was. I think it was a business question. I think it was too, but I remember what what it was I think it was it around the time when you were like kind of thinking about going and doing your own thing was it maybe something to do with that or maybe it was about the marketing side was that when you started Instagram no
1: Instagram came in 2016 but I think that was probably my initial
0: push to go full-time yeah maybe that was what it was if I told you how many conversations I had with polishers that were like... Or what would you recommend my next move would be in, or do,
1: what direction do I need to go from here, but...
0: Maybe it was something about getting into a shop.
1: And I know coming up the train, that was like a major, like a huge step in the right direction like that. Yeah. That was like the fine one well,
0: needed needed-to-happen deal. I'm humbled to hear that. I don't think it needed to happen. I'm glad it did. I I don't think it needed to happen. I think you would have figured it all out. I mean, just because you're you're a hustler and you work hard at what you want, I definitely think you'd have figured it out. But um, I definitely think, not trying to toot my own horn, but I definitely think it helped escalate the rapid growth of, um, of where you're at. I enjoy getting to take 20 years of knowledge at that time it was only 17 years um 17 years of knowledge and instill that into people that are just starting off because i'm interested to see where people take it i mean in three years i feel like you've caught up to what took me in 20 years so what's taken me 20 years has only taken you five years and i'm interested to see you're at the same level i'm at so i'm interested to see what your next move is and I'm always interested to see like when people take that next step and I can finally go whoa what is it that you did that caused that because you just passed me in that department like now I need to be learning from the people that I got to help teach and got to be a part of and I I feel like there's a lot of times where you're at that you're at that point now where what's the next move and eventually you're gonna find something that I don't know And hopefully I get to learn it from you. Because like I said, there's been a number of times where when Keenan was working in my shop for that um, year and a half, there was a number of times where him and I, after hours, were just grabbing grinders and trying stupid stuff on stainless or grills or just trying to... That's a valid point.
1: I mean, even though I've got a solid technique that works and it's fine-tuned, you're constantly pushing, you know, different
0: procedures or like we always know trying to pick better. something up. Like you it's always a learning game. It can always be better. Yeah. That's the beauty of polishing. Like I think really the next step is to Did I did and I talk to you about this at the golf owning, the sculpture polishing? Yes. These guys are polishing sculptures yeah. and stuff, they're using the diamond grits and the powders mm-hmm. and the it's ridiculous amounts of time. But honestly, I think that is the next step in trying to get the next level from where I'm at. And it makes me nervous and it's kind of making me pucker just sitting here thinking about it because I know what kind of time these sculpture guys spend on these stainless pieces and steel pieces and stuff like that, and it's like, I want to do it. I know it's not gonna be feasible to apply them to the semi-world because to spend 40 hours on an air cleaner isn't a recoverable cost, and I still want to be able to do it. <laughs> like I want to be able to hit an air cleaner that looks like it's dipped in chrome even though it isn't chrome, but I know what kind of time that takes, and I know I'm not going to be able to recover that cost from a customer. Like I, I, I can't justify charging a customer two grand to polish an air cleaner. But at some point in time in my career, I kind of want to do one. Yeah. It just, I'm not going to charge a customer two grand to do it. Right. I'm going to eat it. Yeah. Just to say I did just it. Just to say it and test the waters. Because you know my polishing addiction. Yeah. <laughs> like I just got to make it shiny. have well, an addiction. <laughs> part of it. It's just how it goes. It's just all part of it. It's it's a, it's a terrible addiction, but it's the best addiction because yep. it's not a drug. Yep can't get in trouble for it in most states. <laughs> and the look on your customer's face is what makes it all worth it. Oh, yeah. Um, so my next question is, what is the biggest thing you got burnt on? Like, what is the one thing that you looked at and you were like, I'm going to make some money on this one. And then you got into it and you were like, ah, crap. We're about to work on it <laughs> yeah we're, we're about there
1: <laughs> um, it's kind of a two part thing the those wheels are part of it yeah but I didn't
0: really get burned on it yeah because um, it was for a good customer right but it was one of those things where you ate you ate quite a bit of it and they were just i guess the level of hardness it was yeah um
1: something being cast aluminum and have to smooth every bit
0: of it out um they did look super awesome. If any, if anybody's listening to this, head on over to Casey's detailing page on Instagram or Facebook, Facebook yep. and scroll down and find those slotted wheels. Like, I remember looking at it and going, I did a set of those wheels, and I, I will never do another set again. I don't care how good a customer I got. For all of my customers listening right now, don't ever bring one of those <laughs> wheels over because I will not do it. I just... I will not eat it anymore. I, I don't. I love you guys uh, that much. <laughs> Scroll down to it because those wheels turned out crazy cool. Yeah. And it it's worth taking the time to log into Instagram and checking it over and looking at it because it, it, they were awesome. Um,
1: yeah, those. And I would probably say that the truck that took a week to do. Yeah. Because at the time I didn't. I didn't sand in, in the beginning, I didn't know how to sand, I didn't want to sand. It was it was a whole other world for me. Yeah. Like, scary. Like, it was scary. <laughs> I had to go rent a sander. Like I did not want to sand.
0: You had to rent the sander.
1: I, I rented a sander. Where do you rent the sander? In town. A local parts yeah. store? Really? I, don't, I, I think it was a Milwaukee. A little palm sander? Yeah. Really? Just like the Makitas, but a Milwaukee <laughs> and I didn't like it. Um, I love Milwaukee stuff. Yeah, but that sander left so many sander trails. Cause the star is so big. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> that, that's a whole other podcast there. But <laughs> yeah, I did, no sander. I had to go out and buy sandpaper. I didn't know what what to buy there either. Yeah. And then try to figure out sanding. Wow. And that's why it took a week. But yeah. I mean, I got through it. I got done. I was. Pretty happy yeah, with, with it yeah. with the way it came out. But I mean, looking back to what it is from where I'm at
0: now to where I started, yeah, like, there's been a lot of a lot of improvement. <laughs> so, a quick sidebar: Do you find yourself avoiding sanding still? Not really, because of where I'm at, and there's because you've gotten good at it. Yeah. I still find myself avoiding it's sanding. Like, I, I try to avoid it as much as possible. Like, everybody's like, oh my god, you gotta sand everything to you get a perfect finish. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't have to. I avoid know. sanding at all costs. Like, I don't sand unless I have to.
1: Yeah.
0: Just because I know it's going to add
1: hours like, to my day if like I have to sand it. the salt and the brine here is a little rougher than yeah. probably other areas, but I don't always want to come off in the spring, so yeah. I'll have to sand that out, but... Yeah. And I mean, I still get the, the trucks that haven't been polished in a long time, and yeah. have to sand then. I was gonna say
0: you're still getting a lot of new customers that yeah. haven't become part of your system and gotten into your routine yeah. and that kind of stuff. So you, you will still get.
1: And I've I've acquired a lot of guys that are on a, a tight yearly schedule. Some of them are you know six months or yeah. Some are even more than that, but a lot of everybody stays on that good good schedule routine to where everything's nice and it just makes it that much easier. I mean, it's still a lot of work, don't get me wrong, but yeah. nothing really needs the full sanding like it did in the beginning.
0: Yeah. I, honestly, a lot of people ask me for sanding videos, and I'm like, I'm just going to have to wait until I have time, because I'm physically going to have to make a sanding video. And a lot of times, I just don't have to sand anymore. A lot of my customers have become a really good customer base that I see them on a regular basis. I don't have to sand anymore. It's just a good feeling. I do still get some randoms. And a lot of our wheels that go on our wheel machines, those require a ton of sanding, so that's a different situation there too, but just kind of is what it is. Yeah. Um, what would be... Five years in, what would be the... What would be the best piece of advice you could give to? I guess it doesn't have to necessarily be the best piece of advice, but what's a piece of advice that you would offer to a new polisher just getting started? Somebody that maybe does it on the weekends or does it full time and is just trying to trying to figure out what one of their next moves are.
1: If they truly want to do it and better themselves, don't give up. There's yeah. a lot of it. It don't come the first day or the first time you pick up the grinder. There's a a, a lot of work to it. Like I said, it's an art. Yeah. You, know? you gotta find what works for you and just keep keep practicing. I talk to a lot of guys that do their own stuff and like if you pick up a grinder in a bar rouge and expect it to look like you know something that we can produce, it it doesn't. I mean. It didn't for me the first time I did it either. It took a long time. That's great advice. That's actually really good advice. Like it, there was there was trucks that would take. I would do one truck in two days over the weekend. Now I can do maybe two trucks a day, and, and during that time, I I knew my, my speed wasn't the greatest. I was more focused on what my work looked like. And I knew that the the more I did it, the speed would come. Yeah. And eventually it did. It just to me it didn't happen when I thought it would. It just had to keep
0: working at it and That's the one thing I tr- I've been trying to preach lately is patience. Like a lot of people see that, you know, you're doing two trucks in a day or I'm doing three or four in my shop. It's like, man, I can't figure out how you're getting it done so fast. It's like, dude, it took me twenty years to get to the level we're at now, and honestly, my first six, eight years, like, I was doing one truck a day, and then that year that I worked by myself, I just figured it out, and it just all of a sudden started clicking, and I was getting two trucks a day done by myself, it was like, dude, those days hurt, and they, it was, comes back to sacrifice, like, I had to sacrifice not eating on my phone, I had to sacrifice not eating lunch sometimes, I had to sacrifice skipping dinner, like, there's something, you know, no Facebook during the day, no Instagram during the day, no Instagram wasn't big back then, so I didn't have that, but um, you had to avoid a lot of that stuff, a lot of the distractions. I do audiobooks a lot. And that's,
1: that's something that's hard for me, working by myself, it doesn't, there's not a lot of, you know, progress pictures, I guess, like I may post the beginning, you yeah. know, like here I am, and then... 12 hours later, hey, the truck's done, you know, I'm like, well, what'd you do during that? But it was, yeah. we talked about this a yesterday. A lot of work
0: trying to get it done. We touched on this yesterday about, you know, Steve found a niche in the in the TikTok market and honestly, Zach Cambrone preached it to me for a long time to get into TikTok because honestly, I can't believe how many people are logging into TikTok and finding metal polishing in a for you page. It's like, Man, it blows me away how many truck drivers are watching tiktok all day long watching funny videos and stumbling across these metal polishing videos and actually looking through and scrolling through our work and zach i'm not going to keep saying this but i hate that you were right because <laughs> the market is so much bigger but steve found a niche right. and like steve really wormholed it and found the algorithm or whatever and really made it work and he's just killing it in that market. Like I, I'm going to keep pushing on Steve to keep pushing, not just his cast stuff, but pushing more metal polishing stuff because he has a very captive audience right now and mm-hmm. he can do a lot of good for this industry Right. and he'll stay at the forefront of that. He just needs to push and get people to see that side of the industry. And it will trickle down and help guys like yourself, but TikTok is such an intensive deal to create content. Like I love Instagram and I love Facebook and I love YouTube because I can create content. YouTube, I can create content. Uh, I can shoot a 30 minute video or an hour long video. I can cut it down to 15 minutes and post it and it's done. TikTok, it takes me 30 minutes to put together a 30-second clip. Right. Like I got to film a little bit of this, I got to film a little bit of that, I got to film a little bit of that. A lot of times I don't even think about it. Like I don't. You have to actively think, like, oh, I got to stop. Right. And video this quick. Yep. <laughs> While I'm doing it, yep. so that people can see the whole process, because they're only watching 15 to 60 seconds worth, and they don't want to watch 60 seconds worth. They want to watch 15 right. to Something 30 quick. seconds yep. worth. Well, now I've got to make this make sense in under 30 seconds. And it's like, for me, I'm long-winded. <laughs> Very long-winded. <laughs> so YouTube, perfect for me, because I can put out 30 minutes of content. And if people want to fast-forward it and only watch 30 seconds of it, they can do that. Yeah. But at least for me, I can know I have all the content there that they need to see. It's 30 minutes worth, but they can see the entire bit of it. Yeah. Um, TikTok, it's like it's more labor intensive for me to make a TikTok happen than it does for me to make a YouTube video happen. It's it's a struggle and I can't even imagine you working by yourself. Like there's days where I'm just editing YouTube content while the boys are working in the shop. Like I'm grateful to have guys that can help me make money. Even while I'm not in the shop and Ellen shipping product and stuff like that, I can go home and I can spend an entire day editing content. Mm-hmm. But there's, I lose complete days just creating content for Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and not TikTok. It's like I have to set a day aside just to create 10 videos for TikTok and then stretch them out over the next month because I, I can't keep up. TikTok's very time-consuming. Yeah it is I can't even imagine <laughs> from your side having to like literally stop what you're doing because as soon as you stop like it slows progress and you yeah. puts you kind of in that once I get going and get a good rhythm it's hard to
1: to break that up I mean back in the back of my mind I know I need to stop and do that but it's just it's hard to make yourself stop when you're on like a good rhythm or you yeah. know this is going quicker than what I thought and this is
0: yeah, you know, I'm gonna really cut my time down on here. I want to dive into that rhythm for a second, and only because this quick popped in my head when you said rhythm. What's your pattern for getting a truck done? Like, where do you start? What's the first thing you do? Second thing? Go through your go through your motions for me. Um, I do the wheels. You do start on wheels, mm-hmm. so you start the same same thing I do. Now, do you do all four back ones? Yep. And then what? The steers. You do the steers? Mm-hmm. Really? I like saving the steers for last because they're super easy. Actually, <laughs> hey, so you get those done pretty quick. And get yeah. Them. For me, it's like that icing on the cake, like, oh, I'm almost done. 15 minutes sometimes. I get the, the wheels done because it is just me. So I've got to physically
1: jack the truck up Yeah. and do every bit of it. So, I so when the get, jacks are out, you just want to do it. I get want to get them done. done with it. Yeah.
0: See that? Once again, that's the difference between working by yourself and working with a crew. For me, it's like, while, yeah, I'm, you can while I'm doing the tanks, tanks they're, they're going to be like jacking the wheels right. up. Or while I'm doing the boxes, they're going to be jacking the wheels up. And then I can just go ahead and finish it. If I had to do it myself, I probably would do it the same way. And actually, I'm trying to think about that. I think I did do it that way. That year and a half I worked by myself, I think I did all six wheels first just to get them out of the way so I could put the jacks back in the car and not have to worry about it. Okay, so six wheels, what's next? um
1: yeah I'd pick a side pro it's usually the left side driver's side first the left side.
0: yeah so For tank tank tanks, box, boxes whatever's on, boxes, on the box whatever's on your left players. side why driver's side first it's usually where i'm at yeah i always pick the driver's side first back in the day i now do the passenger side first why it changed that i have no idea I yeah, think about that. Maybe I do do the driver's side first, though. I do still do the driver's side. For a while, I did the passenger side. My original thought was, I'm still well rusted. <laughs> I want the driver's side to look as good as possible. If I'm gonna slack on anything, I want to slack on the passenger side. Something that they wouldn't see. I right will back that up, though. It depends on if I'm outside or. Yeah. If I'm outside, it depends on where the sun's at. Work in the shaded side. Yep. See, so that's what started me polishing on the passenger side first. I always found that the passenger side was always in the shade. I didn't want to work in the sun yep. if I didn't have to because drivers always park their trucks so that they could see the driver's side in the sun because they wanted to see the work when you were done. Right. And I noticed that and I always started on the passenger side so I could stay in the shade longer. And that's why I used to work in the passenger side first. I had to think about that for a second. I'm like, yeah. I know I did that for a reason. Then when you said the sun, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> so if I'm outside, depending on where the sun's at, and you do that side, hopefully by the time you're done, the sun's Move making its way bit. to the <laughs> other side, so <laughs> everything's good. Sometimes it do not work that way, and that's okay. But Have you ever had to polish in the dark? Yeah. Yeah? It's not fun. No.
0: Working under halogen is the most brutal no. thing you'll ever
1: do. Or a dark building that you have to bring in additional
0: artificial light yeah. too, and, yeah. and the dampness like it yeah. never polishes great. And you guys down here the mosquitoes are like small birds. Right, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're bad, <laughs> really bad.
1: Okay well, that's funny. But yeah either the left or right side depend on the sun or if I'm in, indoors it's usually the left side first. And then
0: do you finish with the grill? Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. That's the last piece. Grill air cleaner has been on the truck. I oh, usually try to finish on like front wheels. Sometimes I'll finish on air cleaners too, just because I like leaving stainless for last. But, uh... We need to stop it. <laughs> yeah, no problem. That's pretty good. <laughs> I love snow when it's not. Alright.
1: I, it. I love it from the beach. You what? I love it from the beach.
0: <laughs> I love snow from the beach. Uh, That's pretty good. Alright, so I think we are officially through all the questions I wanted to ask. Um, I guess the only thing left is the easy part for me and the hard part for you, (laughs) is I, I open the floor to let you ask me questions that you think people might want to hear an answer to, or something that maybe you've asked me over the years that helped that helped you out, um, but yeah, I get to open the floor to you, this is probably the easiest part, and I know you're struggling too, like this is the one that you've been like...
1: Yeah, because everybody else in season one <laughs> asked what I was going to ask. <laughs> So how do you come up with something different? Yeah. Um, I think I know where I'll go. So when I came up and trained, the first thing that you picked up on was I had my head too far
0: down. Ah. And you told me to keep my head up. Yep. And that one translates to everything, too. Like, um, do you remember the reasoning I gave you? I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> I find myself not explaining this one to as many people anymore, but I still find a lot of polishers doing it. Um, a lot of them me- watching the, the yeah buff, your line. Yep. yep. so a lot of people are watching that black line. Yep. So I noticed that when they're watching the black line, they're pointing their head down at it. So where you see the buff, hitting the metal and where you're looking at it it never looks right so when you're looking down at it and you're looking at that black line versus where the buff's hitting it your overlap always messes up cuz it doesn't you're not seeing what where you should be seeing by lifting your, up. by lifting your head up and looking straight at it you can actually see a lot better and that's a great point cuz like it's one thing i don't talk about in the training course much but it's definitely something I make sure that the polishers are doing is looking straight on at where their where their buff is. As as you and I both know, pressure and overlap is one of the biggest keys mm-hmm. in making, getting us that next level. Like a- anybody can polish, anybody can grab a buff and a bar of compound, throw it on a piece of metal and make it shiny to get it perfect and get it really nice pressure and technique is really what it comes down to and that head being up is definitely a very critical important part just by looking at it straight on um, I've actually altered the training course now to um, training on a tank on a stand so that it's up at a higher eye level so that people have to look at it straight on instead of sitting in a seat like a When I trained you, my training program was quite a bit different. Um, But sitting down and looking down at it versus sitting back a little bit and looking straight on at it definitely makes a huge difference. I do remember that was a big game changer for you too. Your overlap and your pressure changed like that. I mean, it was instantaneous that you were seeing results very quickly after that. Um, And keeping your head up, just you're going to go through a lot of times where like what worked for you yesterday doesn't work for you tomorrow yeah. and you just got to keep your head up and muscle through it too. So it's one of those good things that like you can say it over and over in your head, like keep your head up. It has that double meaning that keep your head up. <laughs> well today might be rough, tomorrow it's going to be better. Yeah. Just,
1: I mean it works with polishing, it works with mental, your mental state. And- yeah, some, t- some days everything just clicks in other days it doesn't like I, I love polishing it I never would have dreamed this of where I would be but I'm very fortunate that it is and uh, after hearing you keep your head up it's something that every morning it's starting off you gotta keep your head up yep. you gotta keep your head up Yep. some days don't go so well some days I wish I I was not doing it but I still muscle through, get the job done, and tomorrow's a new day. And you ever find on the new days, heat? on the days where it's like, uh,
0: maybe I should have chose a different career
1: path. I've never wished that I've chose a different career path. I just you get accustomed to doing nicer stuff, and then you get something that's very rough or anodized, and then you got to keep digging down through it. And like the, the rougher stuff and the more sanding and the more time consuming, uh, those pieces that really challenge you, I guess. But yeah. Where I was
0: getting with that is on the days where you're like, God, just, uh, this is a terrible deal. I don't want to do this. By the end of the day, I still always find myself reverting back to, God, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get up some days and I'm like, I don't want to do this today. Like, I know the truck coming in is going to be super rough. It's going to be a ton of work. And then by the end of the day, I'm like, God, I love my job. Like, this is so rewarding. It's just, everything just seems to be worth it in the end. When you can finally
1: stand back and everything's done and you're standing there with the driver or the owner and they're just completely amazed about what's happened there today and some of them will cry and... I'm gonna hug you to death. And yeah, I mean yeah.
0: It's, it's very rewarding, but it's you're in small town America here too. Like, yeah, you, your customers become your family. Yeah, and it's like I look forward to going to work every day. Yeah, even if I'm not gonna be running the grinder that day, I still look forward to going. If I'm gonna be running the grinder or doing something nasty, I still look forward to going because I know the people I'm doing it for actually care. Yeah, you know, there's very few people in my my circle that don't care, kind of weeded those out over the years. There's a few left, but it's,
1: I mean I've pretty fortunate. I've built you know very good customers over the five years, and when I go to do their trucks or you know what have you, you know they invite you in and they cook you a lunch, you know whatever you want, and you're gonna, you're going to stay with
0: me. You're not staying at a hotel tonight. And no, I love that. I mean it's I've stayed in so many people's houses. Yeah. It's a great feeling, knowing that their previous polisher they couldn't trust them to leave them alone. Exactly. They're inviting you into their house. Yeah. Like, it's a cool feeling.
1: It makes it a whole lot easier on the the home, you know. Leaving them, knowing
0: that where I'm going is, you know, yeah. I'm taken care of. Yeah. I it that way. Do you foresee? I guess I I said I wouldn't ask any more questions, but I still I still have <laughs> It's me. I knew it was coming. So <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Do you foresee yourself growing, and like possibly hiring on an employee in the future? I know it's coming. I don't know when it's coming. Yeah. Um,
1: I wanted to this year, but there was so many unknowns this yeah. year. Twenty twenty was, was interesting. Reluctant to. I mean, I done. I done good this year.
0: Yeah. But it was just different. I'll put it that way. It's- I'm excited to close out twenty twenty. Even though I, I was concerned. The beginning of the year, as as you know, everything that happened the end of 2019 and growing into 2020, I was concerned with what direction our business was headed, and uh, worried about if it was gonna continue to grow or if it was gonna lay flat. And uh, I'm very fortunate that even though we went through a rough year this year, we still managed to grow 30% during a tough time, and um, it just says a lot about the industry that we're in. If we could still grow, if I could still grow 30% compared to the previous year during what they're calling a pandemic, mm-hmm. um, still managed to grow 30% during a rough, rough patch like this. Like I, I can't even imagine if the industry got stronger, what this year could have possibly been like. Right, and you definitely had some growth this year too. Yeah. I definitely noticed it just from seeing your posts that yeah. you had a bunch of new customers. I picked you know. up a, a lot this year. Yeah, picked up a bunch of big, yeah. big, big jobs. And uh, it's exciting to see you growing as well. Just goes to show you that the trucking community continues to grow and continues to evolve, and I, I don't think it's going anywhere. I did have somebody ask me. Um, what i felt and i'll ask you as well what i felt about the electric trucks coming into the industry and my answer to them was when um, schneider and all of these big companies started putting the giant wheel hubs on their uh, on their wheels to cut down on wind and mm-hmm. cut down on drag and stuff i said honestly the electric trucks don't bother me at all because I know some of my customers if they're forced to switch to electric trucks they're going to put Peterbilt oval hole wheels on them like just (laughs) just hardcore individuals you know um and honestly one of my biggest customers um Craig Zeller um I kind of caught my first big break about the same time he caught his and like we both kind of grew at the same time he's well outgrown me um but he runs a lot of aero model trucks and he still brings us a lot of wheels to polish. I mean all of his trailers have polished wheels as far as I'm as far as I know, like we strip turbo once in a while, but he brings us a load of wheels, seems like every week, sometimes every other week. And uh, he's got a full fleet of arrows. So it doesn't bother me at all. I'm not concerned about if the industry shifts to this all electric thing. Is that is there anything in the industry that kinda concerns you about would it could possibly be headed in the future? Not
1: really. Uh, I mean, I, on the same note as that, yeah, but everybody that I know would do the same thing. They would take those off and put shiny wheels on. So there'd be wheels to do. Most of them would probably take the fairings off. And, <laughs> you know, find and any, exposed find tanks. Find anything they could, you know, to whether it's a dummy tank or a dummy box, they'd, you know, Bolt make, make it look the best that it could. So yeah. they'll
0: still... And I feel like your market here is still very similar to mine. Like you deal with a lot of farmers and a lot of individuals. So it's like my farmers are never going to switch to electric trucks. Right. Like they're not going to get in and out of fields with electric trucks. So like my market's always there. Like if I had to just feed off of my local market, I could. I I would never need to go to another show again. I, I, I hope to. I hope shows make the comeback. Yeah. Me I, too. to I miss a lot of those yeah. people. But at the same time, like, if I had to stay home and live off of my market at home, I could. And I feel like you could do the same thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't get to go out and do the the shows that you do, but I mean, I hit the local ones around here. I'm, you know, Mads and I go to Rantoul. Um,
0: That's one thing we haven't touched on is Louisville is literally 20 minutes up the road yeah, for you. Yeah. I mean, Mats is in your backyard. <laughs> I mean, literally in your backyard. I remember, I think it was last year. You asked me what hotel I was staying at. I was like, I'm gonna go home. They're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, twenty minutes out. You know. I just remember, like, you said you were twenty minutes away, and my brain just like melted down. I was like, wait, what? Did you just say twenty minutes away, and you were like, yeah, twenty minutes. I'm like, why did I not bring a camper down? A camper at your house? I was like, I don't know why I was staying in this dump. The next time we will. <laughs> <laughs> you would not want Zach and Parker and all of us. That'd be, be a hot time. mess. If you could talk, It would be. It would be a dull moment. Literally, Matt's is right in your backyard. I mean, you were able to drive home every night, sleep in your own bed, and. How long have you been going to Matt's? I went.
1: um not probably a whole lot I went some probably a handful of times yeah and then I got away from it when I was uh, doing the mechanic side I would go and then there was a probably a pretty substantial gap in between that like I would maybe go on a Saturday and walk around if That'd be the only time, you
0: know. Yeah. Did you walk around more inside or outside? Um, I preferred the outside. Yeah, I prefer the outside, too. I mean, the inside's where you make the connections with a lot of the businesses you end up working with, but yeah. outside's where all the action's at for me. I mean, that's where we live, right? <laughs> it was just where it's at. There's yeah. there's not much
1: for us inside. I remember looking over in the, the lot and seeing, you know, I'm sure, probably you were over there at some point, you know, polishing in the lot and, you know, seeing that side of it and thinking, oh, that'd be cool one day to do that, you know, and I think
0: t- to actually roll in there and set up and I'm trying to think, and Nick Hannafeld and the boys can tell you better than I could. The, um, I want to say the first year I actually polished in the lot was 20... 20- 2014 or 2015, one of those two years. It was it was the year after I went down with the boys. So it might have even been, yeah, it would have been either 2014 or 2015 that we that we ended up going that first time and polishing in the lot. And honestly, I drove to the lot with one customer I had to do and just hoped to God that I could use my reputation to get in with somebody else enough to at least cover the cost of the trip, you know? Yeah. I didn't have a trailer. I drove down with everything in the back of my my 1500, my pickup. I didn't have a generator because I didn't know there was no electricity in yeah. the lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I think I ended up linking up with Peter and uh, using his generator that year. And worked with those guys and then uh yeah that next year i decided i bought my own generator and it just escalated quickly it was 15 trucks that year we did 20 trucks the next year 25 the next year 35 last year it was a lot of trucks Yep, got to be a lot it
1: was a lot i mean it, it's just a lot to take on and uh, it's going to dip into a whole lot of other time and probably another podcast but just the, the show side of it I mean from okay. the regular the regular everyday truck to the show truck I mean it's just it's a completely different deal yeah like it's, it's a different ball game I mean
0: and to the people that say that show truck polishing is easier I say come to a show yeah. come polish with us sometime right like just because it looks nicer to begin with doesn't mean it's easier to accomplish. Like to get it that next level takes sometimes just as much time as polishing a rough old truck. Yeah. I mean, it's a very valid point. Like it's a whole different ball game, whole different aspect, whole different aspect, whole different
1: mental aspect. I mean, it's. I mean, it messes. To me, it messes. Being a newer polisher it messes with my mind knowing that my level of good has to be superior to (laughs) that and Yeah absolutely gotta push even harder to It's a mental mess. Yeah. Like you gotta take something nice
0: and make it nicer. Nicer And practically flawless and Yeah. There was times where I looked at trucks and I was like, I'm gonna wreck this thing. (laughs) Like, I'm definitely not going to make it better. Like (laughs) And I remember my my first two years at Louisville, I had guys come up to me and they're like, can you polish this? And I'm like, for what? <laughs> like, yeah, that's nice. And they're like, no, 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 it could be nicer. It needs to be fresh. And I never understood what fresh meant. And then once I started polishing for some of these guys, and it was like I polished for them eight times in one year. It was literally every show we went to. Yep. And then I remember Randy Manning's truck, um, one of the shows we were at, I was like, Randy, Literally, we have to stop. Like, we need to get some time in between the polish. Like, we literally just cut it two weeks ago. Yeah. And you're going to another show, and we're just putting too much wax on it now. It's starting to get hazy because there's too much wax on it. And I remember Randy looking at me, and he goes, I know you don't like acid, but do you think we could acidize it, take that stuff off, and put it fresh on? And I'm like, I'm not starting over. And I did manage to talk him into letting us just hand polish it for that show. And I remember looking at that show and I was like, ah, I'm so glad we just hand polished it because cutting it, I think, would have done a disjustice. You mm-hmm. know, it would have done injustice. Yeah. And yeah, he ended up winning that show anyway. There's a point to where it can go backwards. So. Yeah. It's like you hit that pinnacle. And if it's too many times too often, it seems like it slumps back down. Yeah. It's like, try to dance that, that line of perfection. I mean, I remember that show. Everybody was walking up to Randy going, are those chrome? Like, no, they're not chrome. Yep. They're just, they've been polished eight times this year. Yep. And the last polish that people were seeing was like just a hand polish. Literally, just a hand polish. It was wild. Met some good people that way, though. Oh, yeah. JR from Lifetime Lugnet Covers, he just happened to walk up and ask me if I could touch up his truck. And I remember telling him, like, dude, your truck's nice. I think I'm going to wreck it. And he's like, no, nah, Lizard, you can't wreck my truck. Just do it. Okay. I did it, and he came back, and he was happier than hell. It's good tough. It is. Good times. Yeah. Different clientele. Yeah, yeah. Different clientele. My show family and my my work family. Love them both. They're different. Two completely different crowds. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of my work truck guys give me the beans all the time. They're always looking at it. They're like, I don't even know why you mess with those guys. I'm like, it's nice to break up the monotony. Nice to challenge yourself once in a while.
1: That show crowd's pretty low. I wouldn't say it's low. Most of them are, you know, the the normal everyday. The working guys that
0: work way land
1: now have a really nice looking truck, and <laughs> like I said, you've got a good crowd. Yeah, I do have a, a very good crowd. Yeah, I'm that's fortunate true. enough to keep them
0: maintained, and you know, just a lot of your guys average two to three times a year, huh? i was gonna say because I see a lot of the same guys over oh. and over, and that's honestly it's. Like I said, it's one of the best spots. I've been very
1: fortunate from the get go to have a pretty high retention to to keep everybody.
0: Yeah. Do you attain that to your pricing? Because I know your pricing isn't crazy high. I like saying I'm pretty competitive
1: with everybody, but I mean, going there with respect, you know, treat everybody, you know, like I am talking here to you, just going to normal, normal guy, always try to clean up my mess after I'm done. That's the biggest thing. So many guys just leave a mess when they're done. I don't ask them for, you know, handouts more or less to get me there, you know. I say, hey, I'm gonna be there between 8 and 9 o'clock. I'm there typically 8 (laughs) o'clock. Or call up and, hey, what time do you open? I'm sitting there ready to go, you know. I'm an early guy too. I hate being late hate being late. Early is <laughs> late. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'd say the the respect for them and you know knowing that they're keeping me busy, you know, employed I guess and yeah. more or less. But, you
0: know. I take mind to pricing. I keep my price low. I'd rather people come back on a regular basis. If I gotta eat a little bit now, so that I can get you to start coming 2-3 times a year, I would rather do that because I hate sanding. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> I try to avoid it so much. I keep my prices low just so I can avoid sanding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll say probably some of it's being mobile, being fully mobile. Yeah. I can go to them and they don't have to, like I've got a lot of guys that are two three four hours away I mean, it's not feasible for them to drive down to me. Two or three trucks down to you. Right. Yeah. I still got a lot of and come back two days and get them and go back. And
0: I still got a lot of customers that way. And honestly, my shop has been nice for like situations where like I couldn't work at a customer that, you know, it was always raining, so we could never get to him because it was always raining and he was outside and we didn't have a choice. The shop helped me in that aspect, but honestly, I still have a lot of customers that I have to drive to because they have three to 15 trucks all in one area and it doesn't work to drive them all up. I mean, this year, that was the hardest part for me this year with the coronavirus was um, we were locked down so we, we literally couldn't work mobile right. in Wisconsin. Um, so a bunch of my customers had to just bring stuff to us and it, just, it was a logistical nightmare. I mean, right. it messed up my schedule so bad. There was a lot of late nights working just because I wanted to make sure I still took care of my big guys. It, it sucked. It was brutal. I hated it. I actually
1: hated it. I drove 16,000 miles this year.
0: Did you? Yeah. My top year was 22 in that Bonneville I had. That's a lot of trips through Indiana, (laughs) let me tell you. (laughs) I drove to Indiana, I think, four times that year, Ohio twice, Illinois three times, Minnesota five times that year. That was rough. I spent a lot of time behind that wheel. (laughs) Yep. There were some, some
1: long hauls, but i say it's good times. Yeah. You get to go out and see everybody and keep them shiny. And, yeah. You know,
0: I love it. It's all yeah. good. Get to see them on the road. Yeah. I love it. Well, I suppose it's New Year's Eve. We should go get to celebrating. That's true. We're going to leave out early in the morning, head back home for us. So we're going uh, to tacos tonight. I'm excited. It's going to be good. Yeah, we are. It's going to be good. But I want to thank you. I know this wasn't uh, on the top of your list for things you wanted to do in your life. Well, I knew it was coming, so I had to just get over it and do it. So, But I'm, I'm glad you mentally prepared for it. I'm glad you did it, and there uh, wasn't nothing to it. Nobody listens to these things anyways. Right. Yeah, this is going nowhere. <laughs> but I'm I'm really glad, and I'm grateful you did. I'm grateful to call you one of my best friends. Uh, I'm glad to have gotten to do it here in Indiana and not have done it at my shop. I would have loved to have done it at my shop and had you on an earlier episode. Yeah, same here, but but nonetheless it happened. Tonight. I'm I'm glad it happened. I'm glad you get to be the first episode of season two. Uh, I really thought I'd be season 100 or something. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way we'd have made it that long without doing it. You come up by every year and we'd have, we'd have made it happen next time you came up. But I'm glad I'm glad it worked out that we got to do this on our way back through and got to hang out with you guys and spend some time here. Um, and I'm glad, I'm glad that, it's uh, a perfect ending to 2020. So you're not, you are, you are spot on. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that as well. Being able to end 2020 on a, on a high note, spending it with people we care about. Couldn't agree more. That's awesome. Well, I thank you for doing it. And, uh, we can't see you soon enough. That's true. That's all there is to it. We just move here. <laughs> no, you got to move to Wisconsin. <laughs> That's all there is to it. I mean, sooner or later, one of us has to move. I don't know. It's pretty nice here. <laughs> it is nice here, but it's so much nicer in Wisconsin. <laughs> it's going to cost me a house in Florida. I know it. It is a stipulation. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate it. And... Uh, Thanks for listening to these podcasts. I really appreciate all you guys. See you next time.